Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. It's such an honor and privilege to be with you today. I'm so grateful for the gift of life. I'm also grateful for you as you are able to listen and join into this program. I know that in every single way, you and I will continually have a measure of value by grace. Thank you so much for being dogged and following through in this series. As much as we have learned and heard, I hope we are also doing We've been looking at the subject of personal financial planning. It's been a month full of so many concepts, reality checks, and ability to look at ourselves once again. I must confess that going through this series has also helped me, you know, take a fresh look at my own finances, at my life, um, given where I am, and the things that are coming to me, and the things that I expect, you know, down the road. So you are not the only one that is probably, you know, a great partaker of this program. I am, even as a host. But I trust God that as we move as a collective towards being a lot better with ourselves, with our lives, that we find grace to be able to do the things we must do to make our lives better and easier. Friends, as you are aware, we talked about debt management in the last episode. It was quite an um, eye-opening episode because I received a lot of messages and um, it's amazing how little things, you know, can actually transform people. Um, I received a particular message from a friend who said to me, listen, you know, I didn't even realize that I was piling debts. And, um, you know, just picking here, picking there, believing that my salary will cover it up and later on realizing that I'd put myself at risk. And the major reason was I was consuming most of the loans I was collecting or taking borrowings here and there, predicating that, oh, I would have a salary increase at this time of the year. Unfortunately, the business that is the company I work for now moved the salary spectrum or the salary increase to another three months. And right now, I am in dire straits. And we had a very interesting conversation about that. Friends, many times, a lot of us do permutations. We expect that something is coming. And so we go borrow ahead of that which is coming. That sometimes, before high, don't go dip your hands into hot, very hot oil, expecting that there's soccer coming. No. What you need to do, a bed in the hand is what two in the bush. That which you have, work, plan, and eat with it before you can think about digestion. You can't digest food until you eat it. So until the food enters your mouth, don't start planning for digestion. That is what kills a lot of people when it comes to financial planning. So I'm just going to take a little step as I look at that debt management you know, anchor, use that as the anchor to spread into other parts that we'll be looking at on this particular edition. 
Like I said, we are just about to land the craft on this particular series on personal financial planning. And I hope that at the end of it all, you'll be a better person and you'll be better for it. That's why I call it the business school on radio. We will touch individuals, our businesses, and also organizations as we look at the whole concepts that make life a better place and space. So, debt management. What does it mean? You know, accumulation of debt is very easy. It just means, from a very small mundane standpoint, from the regular guy that is just on the streets, he will ask his brother, say, oh boy, find me 100 naira there. And he sees his cousin, he says, I beg, borrow me 500. And he sees the auntie, he says, auntie, I beg, I need to do X, Y, Z. Make you borrow me 1,000 there. Just within a twinkle of an eye, he would have had three, four, five different creditors. And the interesting thing is that this individual who may be at the bottom of the pyramid will give almost the same timeline for a payment unconsciously. Ah, auntie, I'll give it to you in one month. My brother, I'll give you in a month. My sister, I'll give you in a month. Not realizing it, that he has given the same timeline to everybody. And at the end of the day, come 30 days or a month after, and all of them start asking or making demands, he disappears. He stops taking their phone call. He stops going for family meetings. He will stop even speaking to their children or his nieces or cousins. He stops, you know, everything. He becomes a fugitive in his own family. Is that something that you can resonate with? Have you seen people in your family behave that way? Or have you seen friends behave that way? A group of friends where one person decides to touch base by borrowing from different other parties within the brotherhood or the sisterhood. And they would have given almost the same kind of timelines and things will fail because they never planned. And once that happens, what do you expect? The person goes into oblivion and everybody begins to wonder what exactly has happened to Mr. X or Mr. Y or Miss A. The truth is, because this person has taken advantage of their relationships, he or she would have gone to people individually. Now, the people do not have any sense that he must have eroded the entire brotherhood. Why? Because we rarely talk about it. It's private. It's private because someone comes to you and says, give me a loan of 10,000 naira. And he goes to another brother within the friendship and the brotherhood and says, hey, please loan me 20,000. And by the time you know it, it's probably circulated around the entire space and gotten 100,000. But it disappears and nobody knows. It takes one person to another. By the way, have you seen Mr. So-so-and-so? He took a loan of uh, 10,000 from me like two months ago. And I can't really get the guy again. You know, each time I call him, he doesn't pick my calls. It is then the light bulb will go on, on the other person to say, yeah, oh, that's true. He came to me and said he had so, so, so challenge. And guess what? He asked for 20,000. And up till now, he has not even made any effort to pay back. And the beat goes on. After a while, everybody just realizes that this guy 
had conned everyone and it disappeared because he could not face reality. That is a clear case of a debtor. And that is a clear case of a wicked man. A wicked man is someone who borrows and does not pay. Are you in that kind of situation? You need to repent. But perhaps you're looking at yourself and saying, oh, no, I'm not like that. I don't take advantage of my friends. Okay, let's go down to your bankers. You have three different banks that, you know, you aptly can go to to ask for overdraft for some soft loan or consumer loan. Bank A grants you half a million because there's a back-to-school loan program for your children to enable you to pay school fees predicated on your salary. Bank B has a loan that allows you buy XYZ device or equipment or electronics or whatever. And so you do it. Bank C has another that has to do with travel that you can afford, you know, to take a, a soft loan to make up for a business, to start up a business. And here you are, your salary is enough to allow the banks at least two out of the three to give you these soft loans. You go ahead, engage the banks. And once you engage them, they are also in a place where they want to pick up their returns. What does Mr. Man do? He picks up all the monies and he spends. Spends on what? I don't know. On the projects that he aligned with it, maybe, maybe not. I'm speaking to you because we are talking about the process of acquiring debt and afterwards, we now look at how to get ourselves out of this debt. The next thing the individual does, unfortunately, is that he doesn't put his hands well with the sickle to plow the ground, and he loses his job. So the major premise of payback, which is predicated on his salary, gets thrown away. And what happens? He becomes a debtor to the banks. And the banks will have to do one thing, whatever he had kept to recover their loans, they'll begin the chase. And the person begins to run from house to house, will not sleep in his compound, will sleep with a friend today, will go to an auntie's place tomorrow, all because the banks are on his case. Is that a good place to be? The answer is no. And that's why it's so important that if you're going to take on a loan, you must have a reason why you want it. And you must have a reason on how you're going to pay back. Payback is as important as receiving or taking the loan. In fact, in my record, payback is a higher mountain to climb and to make sure it's solid before you even take the loan. Anything short of that is a waste of useful energy and you would end up embarrassing yourself. But just in case you found yourself in a very bad state where debts are all over you, You'll be asking yourself, how do I get myself out of this victimized, self-imposed situation? Debt management is very simple. As simple as it is collecting the loans or collecting the money, it is that simple. What you just need is a reverse engineering of what you have done and then trying to undo in a more practical and sane manner. What do I say? You will start by identifying find and listing all your debts. 
It was easy to go to friend A, friend B, friend C, and friend D. It was even a lot easier to go to bank A, bank B, and bank C. And perhaps you already have some other softer landings via your cooperative society, via your isusu with your friends, which of course you've not you know, met your own obligation in two, three months, but you were the first to pack, like we use in the balance. If you run a susu, you understand that when it's your turn, we always use the term, Namigo pack. The person would have packed first. You'll go first. And after that, you get into voicemail. So you need to identify and list all your debts. When you do that conscientiously, you will then prioritize how they will be repaid, starting with those with very high interests and are more short-term. Because those are the ones that will kid you. The guys will be knocking on your door per se, per se. The ones that are medium to long, of necessity, will still give you some space, but then the space is a, is a spread. But nonetheless, a loan is a loan. The prioritization process is a tough one. Because when you were collecting all of those monies, you did not prioritize your objectives and your needs. You were either being headstrong or you just thought that something good was going to come out of it. I marvel in this season because a lot of politicians are going to be in classic debt. I know for certain that a lot of politicians now that have acquired properties here and there have gone, put those properties on the line, sold them, all because the proceeds will be taken and punched in into the political process so they can get some leeway, either a foot in the door or get a space in the room. A space in the room does not guarantee that you'll own the flat. But everybody's optimistic that I will be the next Mr. X or Mr. Y, either Mr. Honorable or Mr. Distinguished. But if this does not come your way, you become Mr. Extinguished. They will need to have you, and they will call you Extinguished Mr., not Distinguished, because having sold all your assets or sold most of them, there's no way you can be distinguished. You've just extinguished yourself or dishonored yourself because that's the way it is. A lot of people will be crying after this political process is over. Trust me just for primaries alone. And by the time they get to the bigger elections next year, some others will begin to cry again. They will cry perpetually. And some of these cries start with their families because the children's school fees would have been mortgaged in anticipation of some great things to come. How have you prioritized how you will repay? Are you depending on that contract you have not seen? Are you depending on that particular inflow that is coming from a deal that has no bearing with your life or you have no source of influence, all they did was to tag your name as number 10, that you will get a certain percentage. Are you dependent on some promissory note that an uncle, aunt, brother, or whatever has said to you, I will definitely give you X, Y, Z by so-so time. And so... That inflow has made you go into some carcass of transaction that will ultimately embarrass you. That is where 
you need to sit back and be honest with yourself and say, will I be able to get this monies back to repay? Or perhaps you're just one of those that are employed by a very good organization and you've taken some loans and your salary increase, like my friend, you're banking that your salary increase or the bonus for the year, that's why you put in so much and that your bonus is going to come in and you then pay. And for some odd reason, the business does not deliver. And so bonuses have to be slashed or rescheduled. What then happens? You are in some very big, big trouble. So friends, prioritizing how you repay is very key. You have to sit back and look at realities and possibilities. And in doing that, you have to consider the risk and consequence of default. You must tell yourself that I know I may not be able to make X, Y, Z happen. Be honest with yourself and know that there's a risk if I don't deliver on ABC debts. What do you then do? You'll have to sit back, look at the consequences of the default, and if one is to put you in prison, you start preparing your, your mattress so that when you go to jail, you sit there. But let me tell you something. Most times, people are not jailed because of the loans they collect. No, you won't be jailed. Don't worry. Because the owner or the man who gave you the loan wants his money back. If he puts you in jail, that's his money gone. So that's why they don't jail a lot of those guys. They set them free so they go look for the money and repay. So that's a good consequence that you may play on. But within the larger space of all that you have, just try and do something. Consolidate all of those debts and then renegotiate with the lenders. It's called a good way to ease your repayment. It's called having to look at the schedule again and say to them, if you promise them that you have a monthly payment, go back and say, can I pay you every four months? And you know that every four months, the time has come to pay back that rescheduled loan. They will consider it subject to how you have been responsible and how much trust they have in you. By all of this, you will have to then look at yourself and build your credit score and borrowing ability once again. But more importantly, friends, you need great social capital. And this is where I always put an anchor to say, if you ever find yourself in some very deep waters, do you have friends that can pull you out? Do you have associates that can pull you out? Do you have, you know, uh, colleagues, professional brothers, sisters? Do you have family that can stand for you? Have you been able to build a social capital over a period? Do you have rescuers? That will tell the kind of person you are. That will tell the kind of person you are and how you built yourself between ages 20 to 30. Remember the bands? Between ages 30 to 40 and maybe 40 to 50. Each of those bands represent times and periods where people had clear interactions with you and they really want to know what type of person is this guy or are you. That's when you build your social capital. And if you build it well, 
then you can place a call to Mr. A, Mr. Y, Mrs. A, Miss Y. Help me. I am in dire straits. And they'll chip in one, chip in another. And that in itself could actually help you, you know, repay some of the low-hanging fruit debts that you have. But one thing I'll tell you for free, friends, always establish the cost of money and the lending conditions. That is a must-do if you have to survive living through this world where it is almost near impossible for anyone to live without collecting loans. Yeah, true. I tell you, some are averse to it, but there's something that you may need to do that you require a loan, a facility from either an institution or from a body. You must always establish the cost of money and lending conditions because there is a cost to everything. And in every cost, there's a consequence that is attached to the default pattern. And to every consequence, there is always a score. So you need to suit yourself. You need to put all of this before you. And as you go through the process of lending, you also must understand that it is also great to manage the after effects. Well, friends, there goes debt management. And I'll quickly switch into the topic we had started or the header, I beg your pardon, which has to do with education planning. And when I spoke to this, I was speaking more from the standpoint of looking at it from having an education plan for our children, of our wards. But then more importantly, there are questions to ask here. Is education important? If it is a yes, so how do you want to go about this for your ward? You need to start looking at the horizon. And what that means is that a school that your ward or your child will go through would have a term or a duration that they will spend in school. You need to plan for the duration. You need to plan for the term. You need to establish the things that will happen within that term so you will be able to provide the resources so your ward or your child will not be struck out. There's also the part where you need to look at, make some choices. Education involves choices. The choices sit within, do I have my child or ward go to a private institution or a public institution? It's either of the two. In some other civilized climes, they talk about county schools, they talk about national schools, they talk about other forms of schools. But within ours here, it's basically spread between two major, either private school, private university, public school, public university, or even secondary um, institutions, they are either private or they are public. Private here meaning an individual would foster that alongside other compatriots. So the choice of the type and nature of education is that which you will make. So if you believe that you want your child to go through a private institution, you need to plan for it. But if you don't have the resources, you equally need to plan and know which public institution they will go through. Don't just throw your child into the burning furnace and say, oh, she'll go to this, any school around the area. That is almost like throwing a child into a space where you are not even sure what will happen. Part of the planning is that you must have a look-see. Go to the schools 
Go see how it is. Go look around. Check the environment. Is it the type of environment that will galvanize learning for your child? All of that will precede your even investing your resources to ask your child or your ward to go to. But then, many of us do not know that there's a cost to education. But you need to look at what the current cost will be. So your child is in year one, may want to write through, depending on the cost, if it's a university, if it's medicine, for instance, you know that this is a long haul. There's a future cost. There's a current cost. And for you to plan, it means that you must have the present cost times the inflation factor. So you must say to yourself that if the current cost in this university, uh, that is if it is private, is a thousand naira, I need to up this by what? 20%. And if I take it up 20%, I will annualize the 20% in a compounded form. So 20% of 1 million in year one, when you get 1.2 million in year two, you take 20% on top of that again and continue compounding it for five years. And that way, you take a part of your income and begin the process of saving towards your child or your ward going through that system called education, the private institution. Then there's security. It's all part of family security. It's all part of family health. But what do we do? We leave it and we give it to the winds to help us. How do we give it to the winds? We say, when we reach that bridge, we go cross them. That's why we don't cross the bridge. That's why we run Kitikata. That's why we run Elta Skelter. So friends, there's a cost of education. Education is not free. Perhaps you're thinking about the public institution, and this is really to our uh, members of our society and citizens who may not necessarily can afford the private institutions. But frankly speaking, I believe that if anyone will cut his coat according to his cloth, there will be an institution that you can afford to send your child to. What is missing is the planning. When we don't plan, we know we will fail. And if you don't plan, the chances are you will not be able to make it. Friends, when it comes to education, there are funding options for the education of your child. You know it. You have to pull through. And if you don't, you will definitely, at the end of this program, have my contact. And I'll be able to share with you my own personal experience, which I've shared before. Friends, it's our first half. We need to pay some bills. We'll be back on the second half as I look at the subject that is interesting within this ecosystem called retirement planning. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, dear friends and distinguished listeners. Uh, it's such a pleasure and honor to have you on this um, part of the fence. Well, and just in case you are a first-time tune-in guest, I welcome you too. It's a Business School on Radio, and yours truly, privileged to be the anchor. And we've been talking about personal financial planning in the last um, couple of episodes in this month. It's been a, a gracious month. And um, as you know, when we have great financial planning from a personal standpoint, it gives us some form of peace of mind. So we've looked and rallied at all manner of stuff. And here we are, we are jettisoning, you know, um, one part, which is about debts. 
and debt management is what we've just gone through in the first half. And this second half, I want to look at an interesting but futuristic dimension, which is called retirement planning. I want to say this to everyone, regardless of your age at this point in time, especially the very young ones. If you are between the ages of 20 to 30 within that band, uh, don't ever imagine that retirement is far away. It's a delusion. You're going to feel that way and you will hit 50 before you realize it. If you are within the 30 to 40 band, don't throw away the thought that mm, retirement is far. It's not far, friends. Before you know it, it will just be swarming all around you like bees. And you'll see that, hey, yesterday ended last night and you just landed. Now, if you are within the 40 to 50 range, well, a wise man starts at 40. So I'll tell you, if you don't smell the coffee, your nose is right in retirement and you're just close to it. But then retirement can be a thing of the mind, especially when it comes to your chosen vocation or profession. So this is not a carte blanche to say, this is a retirement age and this is a silly. There are folks that are still doing great stuff at the age of 70, greater stuff at the age of 80, and much greater when they look at their protégés and mentees and the people they brought up doing mighty things and fulfillment gets them into 90 series. So that really is about retirement planning. Retirement planning for me is not just about money. It's not just about investing to be able to rake in something when I'm older and I cannot put in my hands to the sickle. My retirement plan can also be about people. Friends, I just want to push this notion of retirement planning in a different gear. Do you know that you can actually invest in someone and in someone's life, and that may ultimately become your retirement plan? And you wonder, what is he talking about? Your parents. Your parents have invested their entire lives and livelihood, sending you to the best schools. You think that is just for nothing? It's not, because... At the time when they had all the strength and purpose, they did that. There'll come a time when they are not able to. And you will kick in as their retirement plan. But many children today grow up and they forget their parents. And I'm here to start from that perspective. If you know that you're one of those that had the privilege of having your mom struggle to sell our rappers, to send you to school, and you have forgotten that woman, and she's lying somewhere in the village, and you can't remember the last time you visited her. Thank God for GSM. Thank God for the different networks that you can call her once in a while. You've turned your mom or your father into a lonesome pariah. Then you're not in any way having a sense of duty. You are not committed to being a good child that was raised by worthy parents. We start by not even looking at them and providing for them. You are the retirement plan of your parents. You are the retirement plan of your guardians. If someone had invested his or her life to make you go through the vicissitudes of life without any struggle, and here you are, enjoying the largesse of the city and forgetting that finger, forgetting that hand, forgetting that body that gave you a life to make you have a meaningful purpose, then you will be classified as wicked. Time has come for you to go back, you know, pay the necessary dues, 
go back, no matter how bad and hard it is. Prodigality is okay, but it's when the prodigal son doesn't come back that the father is not able to put his warm hands around him to bless him. Go back home. Go back back to your parents, wherever they are. Tell them, you have, yes, you've sinned. You've gone away. You've gone astray. They will bring you back. The heart of a father is a father's heart. The heart of a mother is a mother's heart. The retirement planning for me starts from there. And I want to speak to that very clearly. Personally, I don't joke with my father. I don't joke with my mother. If you know what I know, I will tell you. The best blessings you can get is when you honor your parents. And that's what the good book says. Honor your father and your mother that may be well with you and that you will live long. Many of us are striving to live long, but God has given us a command to honor our parents. And it's not just our biological parents. There could be parents in your life and your lives that took care of you. They are your parents. Go do the needful. And the God of peace will sandwich you between his peace as always. That's a fundamental one I want to put out there. I don't care what you are and who you are now. As long as you don't honor those people, you are nobody. And that's the starting point for me. So having put the foundational retirement plan in place, let me now go to the ones that you and I enjoy talking about. You know, friends, retirement planning is very key. It's a combination of two things. It's a combination of instruments that will be available, but you may not even know how to use them. It's almost like uh, someone who appreciates music can tell you about the different instruments that are being utilized and can even sing well, but is not able to play. What am I saying? Long-term investments are one of those. You find that there are opportunities within various money market, open market ventures, investment plans, there are investment clubs, all of those can actually walk you towards the stage of retirement. So retirement planning can come through LTIs, long-term investments. It's never too late. But if you are at a particular age, if you're at age 30, this is the time for you to get on the train. I tell you, if you put into some meaningful long-term investments at the age of 30, by the time two decades clock and you hit 50, you will have enough to carry you for the rest of your life beyond 50. If you're dogged, consistent, and authentic, and you put your seed in the right place, the fruits will come. Now, there are no guarantees. There are no guarantees that this seed that you put into this soil will come out as an oak tree. That's why the multiplicity, multiplicity of these seeds, when you cast your seeds, your bread upon many waters, there will surely be one that will stand up as an oak tree. That's what you need to do. You need to portfolio manage yourself in your investments. You don't have to go into one direction, go into multiple directions. I look back now with a bit of um, hindsight that I wish I did some things a lot stronger. Yes, I had a lot of long-term investments. I've also, you know, speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. There were some mistakes I made. I was very strong in the capital market at some point, but because of all the shenanigans that happened, I pulled out. And since then, I never went back. I don't even know how much shares I have in some of the corporations, that financial institutions and all of them. I've tried many times with some of my insurance brokers to go 
sign and resign, but the entire process of even getting it done gets it very unwieldy. But thank God for the digital age, they're trying to bring all of those back. So time has come for me to go back and see what is this small piece of investment I had when I was a small 25-year-old, I beg your pardon, or I was a 35-year-old. What is it now, 20 years after? I need to do that. I haven't done it. But I tell you, it's sitting somewhere there. There are so many dividends of mine that will be coming out of that that I've not touched. Some may have been written off, but they're sitting there on the balance sheets of a lot of companies. So just like yourself, I'm equally guilty. And I'm telling you that it's important that you trace, track, and take possession. Don't just leave it. Now, I can say rightly that I have those investments, but I can't put a finger on them. They're there. I need to go trace and track. That's a separate case entirely from someone who is starting from the scratch. And I'm asking you to please take this seriously. Retirement planning starts from there. Retirement planning also makes you sit in a space where if the, the protection gap today, if you're working for a corporation or a, a company, they are bound by law to go through the gamut of what they call pensions. So there's a pension fund administrator by law. You should be paying a certain amount of putting away a certain amount of your income monthly into the pension fund. And your employer should be putting a certain amount by law into a certain fund. Friends, that is in itself a retirement plan. But I want to say to you, apart from the one that has been set by regulation, maybe 10%, I want you to do something. To look at an opportunity within the scope of your pension fund administration that you can put some own personal savings in there. It would help you because long ever when you are out of service or you get to 50, okay, and you want to access the funds, the funds will be there for you and you will surely make a good catch. I mean, I tell you quite honestly, for me, it was great at the time when I turned 50 then, way back, and I could access over half of what I had. I accessed it. And up until this moment, I'm still getting some form of um, uh, pension coming into my account on the 20th. And I said that before, by power. They are my pension fund administrators. So the government has set up a pension fund. Don't take it for granted. That's part of retirement planning. Go beyond the normal call of duty, the percentage that is by law that your employer would take out. There's employee and employer. I'm asking you to put in a voluntary contribution, even if it is 500 Naira. I mean, I'm going as mundane as that. You won't see it, but it's in there. It's breathing. It's breathing somewhere because at the age of 30, you have all of this loose change. Loose in the sense that dad may still be looking at you. You know, my son looks at me sometimes. We're having a conversation two days ago, thereabouts. And I looked at him and I said, wow, son, I like this watch of yours. And he said, you really like it? I said, yes. Then he brought it closer. And I saw it was the watch that I'd given him. He said, dad, I don't know how you did it, but for you to have bought a watch like this, gosh. I said, you'll buy another one. He said, yes. The next time I come to your house, I'm coming to shop. I said, shop where? 
He said, ShopRite. I said, ShopRite is a store. It's in the mall. He said, no. When I come to the house, I'll come to your bedroom and I know where to shop right. I'm going to get another one. But what am I saying? I'm saying to you that that's a generation after me. I've been able to pass on part of that inheritance. You might look at it and say, it's just an ordinary watch. No, there are generational watches. That a watch that he can also pass to his own child. And at some point, the makers of such watches will give you an opening that if you go to a particular store, they'll look at it and say, this is a vintage watch and for this watch we're going to give you this exchange sometimes you can go that route you can look for something a piece that's why people invest in gold because sometimes that in itself is a long-term investment that goes from generation to generation how does this whole retirement planning come together let's come to brass tacks you have to establish your recurrent monthly expenditure start from there Establish what your recurrent. When I mean the recurrent means that is something that comes every single month. What is that recurrent expenditure? When you have put that as a bed, you then estimate your retirement spending needs. You can get an investment uh, analyst to help you do this. And I've also, um, to our friends that I promised to give them trackers, and after the, this program, this particular series, I'll collate all the names and you'll all get your expense tracker. So your retirement spending needs should be very clear. So I'm sitting back now and I'm saying to myself, by the time I hit 70, what would my retirement spending needs be? And then you factor in inflation. So if I put in 1 million naira a month, what does that mean? 1 million naira mean today? What will 1 million naira mean in 10 years, it would mean a factor analysis that I put in an expectation of inflation running at double digits, maybe uh, lower double digits, maybe 12%. It doesn't matter, it's an estimate. But at least you can say to yourself, if at the age of 60, I want to enjoy and have, be able to cover my spending needs of 500,000 Naira, this is what I need to put away from now to hit that particular number when I'm having that particular environment around me. So you then have to then consider the amount of time left to your retirement. So are you 40? What is your retirement age? 60? That means you have 20, 20 years. You know, the guys do it very well. If you want to take a mortgage and you go to a mortgage firm, they'll ask, what's your age? And you tell them you are 25. Ah, they won't bother. They can give you a loan for 25 years. They know you'll be paying till you finish. But if you get there and say you are 55, they'll say, bros, um, no vexo, we need 75% up front. Because they know that, man, this guy is already in, is in a departure lounge of retirement. And very soon he will board the train and he's not going to work again. So why should they give you a loan? But if you're at 40, you still have some time. You have somewhere between 15 to 20 years. That's the amount of time left to retirement. Now, I'm putting retirement at 60, and that's just a crossover of what typically goes across the norm. So what you then need to do is then determine your planned retirement income and the most appropriate vehicles to generate it. So it could be your employer's pension plan. I talked about that. But even as that is on the side, you can put in voluntary contributions 
that will even wow or beat the combination of your employer and your own employee contribution. What am I saying? If your employer contribution is a thousand five hundred naira, and your own contribution is a thousand five hundred naira, for example, per month, that is about three thousand. That is taking off your salary without you knowing. And by the way, as your salary increases, this goes up. And you decide to make a voluntary contribution of five thousand naira every month. You're really squeezing yourself because you have a predetermined retirement um, spending that you require. Hard as it may be, it is going to force rank you to live well and to live with the right behaviors. That is using that particular pension plan to drive it. It could be real estate. It could be real estate. I tell you, one of the things that people do invest in real estate. I mean, going to build, have a parcel of land, build. I've not been so successful in that, but I've been more successful by buying and then refurbish and then you put it through. But then it's a place where you can also plug in some retirement income and know that it will come through. It can also come through annuities. But the point I'm making, friends, is that you need to establish and implement a retirement plan. No time is an excuse. All the time is an excuse. I have plenty of time is an excuse. Until you put the sickle to the ground, you have not started. For those of you that are in paid employment, that have pension plans running, you have a golden seed. Go and provide more into that seed. And down the years, you will not regret it. I sit down today by the grace of God, and I'm grateful to God, for what I get monthly as my pension. But guess what? Because Paul, my pension fund administrator, I've, I've sold them on this program many times. They've done so well that each time I look up and I look at my balance, I say, oh, I, yeah, if I continue at this rate, I still have 10 years you know, that I can draw my pension. Fantastic. But I'm not going to rest on my oars. What do I do? If I have any little paltry income, I'll throw it in there. Something comes. Maybe someone says, oh, Mr. ID, thank you so much. I want to bless you for your birthday. Give it to me. I'll throw it into my voluntary contribution. Why? Because I'm heading for 60. And afterwards, I'll be heading towards 70. You won't be there. I won't come and do Babi Allah with you. But now, I'm making hay when the sun or while the sun is still shining. Friends, retirement planning is key. Don't take it for granted. Don't fool around with it because it will come. Growth is natural. Every living thing must grow. So this age you are in at 30, you are feeling dandy, you will become 40. You will become 50 if the Lord tarries. You will become 60 by the grace of God. You will get to 70 and even 80. Are you going to sit there and do Babiala? That's why many of us are afraid of going old because we have not done what we need to do. God forbid that you'll be one of those. Today, and in the last couple of episodes, you've heard me talk extensively about personal financial planning. And perhaps you may just be wondering, this man that is telling us, what is he doing with his own self? I'm also speaking to myself. I've shared my personal experience and what I do on this program, on the various episodes. I've been open and honest with you. And that's why I'm coming out to tell you, it is better for you to make hay while the sun is still shining. And so, 
the one that I am so guilty, extra guilty, is about estate planning. You wonder what that is? You know, a lot of people fail on this one. Estate planning is not common with us. And so that's why you find a lot of families get into all kinds of boxing and UFC-type stunts when the breadwinner passes on. And so questions I'm going to ask you. Do you have named guardian for your children? So as you're looking at now, is there this brother, uncle that you've named as a guardian for your children, just in case? Now, we tend to make this at the birth of a child. They say, oh, I'm the godmother, godfather of this child. That's the name guardian. That's an example. If you do, good for you. Because if you pass on, that name guardian would be able to take care of your children. Not necessarily the way you have or you would have. No, but at least they'll see a father figure or a mother figure. But it's something that you need to plan for and have it there. So they know, your children know that this uncle or this auntie is the name guardian. That's where the godfather, godmother thing comes from. The second question I'll ask you is, do you have named beneficiaries for all your investments? Most investments, they will ask you. For instance, pension fund will ask you the name of the benefactor. They'll ask you the relationship. And they'll ask you how much of what you have in event of you passing on should be given to that person. So if you have three children, you can choose to have them and you can have one next of kin. I have one next of kin, and that's my wife. I put her there as next of kin. Now I have two children. I have a son and I have a daughter. But then, like we always say, who knows who's going to go first? God forbid. Like a day we're having a conversation, and I said to my son, I said, you know what? I'm going to give you um, a list of all, you know, all the things and where they are, just in case. I said, thank God for digital banking. So I'm just going to give you a list. So I wrote out the list and I sent it to him and said, then he started pushing me. And no, he said that I've been asking you these questions, not because I want to inherit anything from you, but have you put your wheel together? And I said, no, he said, you better start. He put me on it. Um, he put me on high jump, but I'd actually done all the paperwork as lazy as I could be, not finding time to do it. I can confess to you that now, I'm yet to even get it into the hands of my lawyers for them to take it through probate. But my son was the one pushing, not pushing because he wants to inherit, but because he's an investment, he's a financial planning expert or he's into planning and all investment type thing. And he said, listen, it's not about me. It's not about your daughter or your wife or yourself. It's just so that you do it and do it well. That's my son talking to me. And um, I know he's going to broach this topic again. And so as I'm talking through you or talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Do you have a plan to distribute your assets? Do you have it? Do you have a wheel? Oh, I'm too young to have a wheel. Okay. You are too young at 40, but you have something. You can always update it. You are too young at 50 or you are lazy at 50 like myself. Or you are lazy at 55. OTFRO, you know one thing I'm think I'm all. I'm being honest with you, friends. Estate planning is very key. Otherwise, you don't understand how the government and indeed people 
take away things that they never even knew. There's so much that I've gone to the authorities because people never had estates. Are all your documents properly secured? If they're not, walk up to a lawyer and do the needful. What I say to one, I say to myself, I say to all. On this note, friends, it's been an honor and pleasure sharing with you this whole month about personal financial planning. I hope lessons will be learned. And if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Um, you can follow me on any of my social media platforms. It's at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. That's my handle. And perhaps you want to send a mail. It's to contact at navigatewithid.com. Thank you so much for listening. Let's do it. Let's make it happen so we can have a peace of mind. God bless you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.